Hello, and welcome to the Run Fit 365 podcast, episode four. Booyah! Hello, Dan, and welcome back to the Run Fit 365 podcast. Um, we've got a really good um, session lined up with Dan. We're going to talk about minutes versus miles on episode four of the Run Fit 365 podcast. And we're going to put Dan on the spot again with Random Runner's World because I know he loved that so much last time. It's great, um, great fun, you know. Yeah, I know you love that. <laughs> um, and Dan, I know you're. Um, probably not going to like this, but one thing that I did after episode two, I listened back to that episode and I know this doesn't bother you, but when I listened back to that episode, it was one of the things that I noted that I have to try to make right. And I know, um, you don't care so much, but, um, I called you coach Kusin a couple times and I know, <laughs> and I know for a fact that, um, uh, it's pronounced Kusin. So I wanted to apologize and at least get that out there. Um, and I know it doesn't bother you much, but I wanted to make sure that that was um, right because, you know, English is not my first language. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is your first language? You know, I don't know. I need to go back. You know, I was raised in um, western Vigo County, and if you know western Vigo County, um, I'm not sure, um, you know, English wasn't taught until like middle school. <laughs> you're one of the lucky ones too right that actually got that education yeah that's right so um no i just wanted to apologize for that and uh get that out there so i know no, you would no never, biggie i know you, you know, would my, never mentioned it but no but my my wife learned the hard way um when she it's it's Cusin and and when we go to a, a restaurant and you say Cusin then they ask you to spell it and they kind of look at you weird and um she learned i she did this i didn't even no, we could do this because I've had the name my whole life. But she's she starts to spell it Q U S O N, and I'll tell you what, nobody ever messes that up in a restaurant. They always pronounce it correctly. So, you know, maybe I should just change the spelling. That might be easier. Yeah, we'll have to look into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, lots of good feedback though on the episode where we just had that dialogue around um, episode two and. Um, the Random Runner's World was a was a big hit, so um, I'm really looking forward to this interview and, and, and learning more. Um, I think I know where you are with your philosophy on this, but I know a lot of run, runners always are in this kind of delicate balance between do I run for time, do I run for you know distance, and you know what's the best approach and, and methodology. So. Um, I'm just going to kind of open it up there for you, Dan, just to kind of start talking. And then you and I can have a dialogue and um, kind of an exchange throughout um, this interview. But just kind of start off by outlining your initial kind of thoughts and uh, philosophy on the whole kind of time versus miles and where you fall with that. Yep. So. I actually wrote a blog about this as well on our website. So uh, if you're listening to the podcast, check out the blog and it gives you pretty much the same information. Um, so when I started running, and I think most runners are in this camp, 
most people think in terms of miles. So I'm going to go out for a three miler. I'm going to go out for my long run, go 10 miles, 12 miles, whatever. There's something about the mile that makes you feel good, makes it, you know, makes you flex and, and make a manly sound if you're a guy. Um, it's, and there's nothing wrong with that. And actually, there's lots of varying views on the topic. Um, and there's really no absolute answer. If you're running at all, then you're, you know, who cares if you're running for miles or time? Um, but when I went through USA triathlon training, um, and I, and I've done a lot of research, uh, about this topic and other topics, there are benefits to time based workouts. And I'm, I'll talk about those a little bit. They both really have their place in workouts. I would say I'm a fan for the majority of workouts to be time-based. And so, um, think about it in terms of kind of effort. So your slow aerobic workouts, uh, even threshold VO2 max repeats, race pace, the things that are not um, sort of at the top of your pace are better off being time-based versus miles. And so, you know, for example, you could go out, you could say, I'm going to go do a, a three-mile tempo run. Well, I'd rather you do a 20-minute or a 25-minute tempo run. And here's a few reasons why. So, um when you when you go out there, um, you want to keep your pace. You want to keep it at a, a desired level. And so, if if you let's say let's take a long run, so you're doing ten miles, and yeah, I, I'm not like you, Travis. You you probably actually like to go ten miles. Mm-hmm. I sort of dread it. Um, <laughs> I'm probably more the average person, and I kind of dread going ten miles because it just takes a long time. It, um, it takes a lot of the day. And so when you're going 10 miles, you're, you're more likely if you're going by miles to kind of pick up your pace towards the end of it. Cause you're like, I can see the light of the tunnel. I'm more than halfway done. It feels good. And, and it probably will feel good. And it probably will, you know, you'll get through it and you'll actually probably feel better because you feel like you've, you know, accomplished something more, you've gone faster. But the thing is when you, when you go out for a long run, you're working on your endurance and if you pick up the pace, I mean, there's certain workouts where you might want to pick up the pace towards the end of your long run. But typically, a long run is for building endurance and building your base. So when you pick up your pace like that, you're essentially taking away um, the benefit for that type of run. So we talk about principles of training. And um, I thought about doing a podcast about the principles of training. We can do that. This is, this is the principle of specificity. We give you a uh, specific workout for a specific reason, and if you don't complete it exactly how it's prescribed, then you essentially don't get that benefit. So does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And when you were talking about, you know, the the mileage, because you you've had to convert me because, you know, in college um, and even after college, all of the training runs and kind of our gauge of success in regards to how we performed that week was based on weekly mileage and how, you know, how many miles did you log this week? And it was almost like a badge of honor that, you know, I ran 80 miles this week or 70 miles this week. And one thing that I've noticed by, you know, using your approach and your philosophy is, you know, if I, if I'm out there running for an hour and 20, I I really don't, focus so much on, um, say if I was running 10 miles, there is a natural tendency and there is benefits to finishing that 10 mile run faster because you get home sooner. 
And right. it's just this natural kind of, I'm going to pick up the pace here because I know as soon as I get to this point, I can turn around and be home sooner, whatever that looks like. But, but one minute or one hour and 20 minutes is one hour and 20 minutes. And, you, yeah. and I at least find myself getting you know more into a rhythm and I can stay in my right training zone opposed to just kind of taking that <laughs> – you know, getting off into, you know, a higher training level. So that's one of the big things that I've noticed most when I've kind of shifted my focus on, you know, not so much the mileage, you know, mileage piece, but, you know, focusing on the time-based. Yep. I mean, you're more apt if if you're out there and and you've gone, you're done 120 minutes, you've gone your 60, you still have 60 left. I mean, if you're running from your car out and you come back, to your car. I don't know about you. I've done a lot of those out and backs. Mm-hmm. And if I've taken an hour and I'm coming back an hour, mm-hmm. I want to make sure I end up at my car and I have to run past my car and then walk back. It's sort of a pain. So um, I keep the pace the same. I keep it slow and actually meet the purpose of the workout. Yeah. So another reason to do that is no two athletes are the same. This is the principle of individuality. So um, <laughs> talking to you is actually a perfect example because um, if if I tell you to th- run three miles and I tell me to run through – actually, that's a bad example. If I tell you to run 10 miles and run and me run 10 miles, 10 miles for you is way easier than it is for me. I'm going to be exhausted. You're going to be starting. You're like, okay, what's next? Um, if, if I tell you run for 30 minutes and tell me run for 30 minutes or 60 minutes or whatever, what that does is it allows um, that individuality – a 60-minute run for you is perfect for you. A 60-minute run for me is perfect for me, and it meets the purpose of the workout. So um, it, it essentially it, it puts it on an even playing field. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 30 minutes, I might run three miles. You might run four and a half or five. And, and that's, that's really the ben- a major benefit of, of doing it by time. Yeah. That you know, I've never even thought about that really because I I was just reflecting back on, um, you know, some of Alyssa and I's early marathon training plans, and I'm just kind of laughing now because, you know, the plans we were following were really prescriptive based on you know miles and not so much time, and you know her goals for that race were completely different than mine. And here we were, you know, essentially using the same mileage-based training plans. And, um, you know, you just kind of wonder now, just reflecting back, how that would have been, you know, your outcome of your races would have been different had you kind of just shifted your focus more on that time-based approach. Because you make a great point that really, you know, 30 minutes for me is not the same as 30 minutes for you or Alyssa or anyone else. It's got to be... Um, you know, really individualized and, you know, that's a great point. And so maybe the last reason for time-based is just convenience. I talked a little bit about the out and back and making sure you end at the same place you started and, um, you know, keeping that pace. The other thing is I travel, you know, to my family up Northwest Indiana and uh, I do a long run sometimes when I'm there. And I, I know the town pretty well, but not by mileage. And so it used to be, I'd say, okay, I got to do six miles or I got to do eight miles or whatever. Well, then you got to get out Google Maps and you got to, you know, drag the little thing. You got to find a program that essentially allows you to measure how many miles you have to run, whether it's out and back or a loop. And just to make sure you get your mileage in, 
I guess you could do a watch as well, but it's so much easier if you just say, all I have to do is run 60 minutes. And you go out and you run for 60 minutes. How easy is that? So just, kind of dumb, but just easier use of, of planning, and especially if you're a traveler. Yeah, that's a great point. What, what's your take, Dan, on um, kind of putting you on the spot here a little bit with you know GPS technology? And this is something I struggle with too, and I think it annoys some of my um, <laughs> my running buddies and friends. But you know, it, it's so easy to now look at technology. You know, we've got smartphones, we've got Garmin GPSs, um, and I still do this today when I know the value is really time-based. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm focused on that. Do you have any tips or guidance, or do you fall victim to this too, where you just find yourself kind of glancing down at your wrist and looking at, okay, I've gone 30 minutes, you know, this this is showing 3.5 miles, you know, am I on track? Is there kind of a mental approach that you would, um, you kind of take on that? You know, everybody loves a toy. GPS watches are like the greatest thing. I love data. I love seeing my heart rate. I love seeing uh, how long I've gone, how much uh, time I've gone, how much time I have left, um, you know, my pace, all that stuff is really cool to look at. Um, there's an, and not to just keep advertising blogs. I wrote a blog about that quite some time ago, um, and and I would say absolutely use the data, but don't don't dwell on the data. Um, so let's say you're going out for a 60 minute run, don't stare at your watch and look at your pace. Don't stare at your watch, look at your heart rate um, or distance or any of that stuff. Use it as a guide, but really, the best guide we have is. Um, listening to our body. And so no matter what your heart rate says, your heart rate could say that you're running within the right zone, but let's say it's 85 degrees and really humid out, your heart rate is going to say one thing, but your, um, <laughs> sorry, I got a little phone call coming in here. Um, your heart rate is going to say one it's thing. It's probably but your Garmin watch telling you your heart rate's too high. <laughs> no kidding. Um, so your heart rate could be telling you one thing, but it really you're not within the right zone. And so it's really important to use those things as a guide and really um, focus on how your body feels. Uh, so heart rate, GPS, um, mileage, distance, all that stuff is just a guide and uh, look at it, but don't dwell on it. Yeah, one of the small things that you know, we've done, Alyssa and I have done, is just bought, you know, the very inexpensive Timex watch. And um, we've just kind of eliminated some of those factors. We still love our Garmin watches, but at times when we're, you know, I like to just use the basic Timex watch when I'm doing a long run just because it just eliminates the factor of, um, you know, searching for satellites and then focusing on the distance piece. So, um you know, that's helped us get over that hurdle a little bit. The other thing I'll say about uh, the GPS watches is not to use those during a race. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably okay to use a watch, and I use a watch um, just to kind of uh, see how I'm doing and, and pace myself. But what you don't want is a lot of data during a race because I mean, your, your nerves are already high. You're already probably trying to meet a goal. Um, the last thing you want to do is sabotage that because let's say you're behind pace by 20 seconds. Um, you're, if you see that very clearly on a watch, um, you're probably going to overcompensate. Yeah. So 
your best bet is to you know keep track of your times or, or even just depend on the course clocks for that sort of thing and don't wear a watch at all. Um, but that's not a good time to use the data. You know, it's funny you say that. One of our one of my first races with the Chicago Marathon. I think this is back in two thousand and five or so. And at the time, you know, Garmin uh, released. I think it was their three hundred five watch. And one of the features of that watch they called the training partner. And you could program the watch to say, you know, I want to run the marathon and mm-hmm. ma- making a number up three hours. And this training partner would tell you how far how far behind uh, you were based on that target um, goal that you set. And I remember I didn't have preferred start or anything like that and started way in the back. And once you get through, you know, like 20,000 people, I looked down at this training partner watch and it said you're like half a mile behind where you should be. And so here I am, you know, weaving in and out of people. And I'll tell you what, by mile 18 or mile 20, I was paying for that. And, you know, you just look back and wonder, you know, you always, you know, kind of post-race analyze everything. That's what runners do. But I always kind of look back to that race and I I always put at least point my finger to that training partner that uh, (laughs) had I not had him on my wrist or her on my wrist. I wonder if that would have been a different outcome. But you're absolutely right with getting some of that information during the race. You don't want that to, um, you know, get in the way of a good race. Yeah. You know, there's, there's times where it might be applicable if it's a high priority or what we call an A race. Um, that's, those are the ones that I wouldn't do it for. If it's like a, a lower priority race, something you're, you're doing as part of your training or, or whatever, sometimes that data is helpful to like a, a coach might tell you, you know, where your watch, don't look at it, but they can use that heart rate information, um, to help with your training and, and help with your, your priority races. So I'm not saying absolutely don't do it at any time, but, um, you know, just, just don't dwell on the information if you do wear it and, and use the data later. Yeah, that's great. Um, go ahead, Dan. <laughs> I was just going to say um, there are a couple times where mile-based sort of workouts are have their place. And in the plans that we have, I still keep them as time-based. Um, but, for example, um, your very fast sprints or intervals, those are the times where um, – if you do it by, you know, a 400-yard repeat, 800-yard repeat, that helps with your pacing. So if you know you have to go 1,600 yards or 800 yards or whatever, and you start off um, and you're on a track, for example, you have a very good visual about how many more laps or how much further you have. And so, therefore, you're going fast, uh, and you're probably going to keep your pace at an even keel versus sometimes with a time-based workout there, um, you might have a, not have a good feel as to um, keeping your pace pretty consistent. Um, the other good thing is since you're running fast and you want to run fast on those things, it gives you that visual end. That the same thing we didn't want you to do um, for your uh, long run. You don't want to see the car half a mile away and pick up the pace on your long run, but you do want to see the finish line on your interval and keep up that pace and, and maybe even kind of uh, go a little faster towards the end. So that would be the, the one main benefit I would say um, a mile-based workout has. And because people think in terms of miles so much, 
Um, I really struggled when we were putting these plans together. Um, originally, they were mile-based because everybody thinks in terms of miles. And um, I didn't. it didn't feel right just because I didn't think it was the right thing to do. But a lot of people, without understanding sort of the background and why you do it, uh, might be it might be a turnoff to them. And so I found a way to average um, to be able to estimate miles. And so if you look at a plan, it essentially gives you both. The one you want to follow is the time. But for example, if you, um, let's say you're going to run a half marathon and um, you're going to run at a, a nine-minute mile pace, an easy run for a half marathon uh, for a nine-minute pace would be around a 920 to a 1040. Um, an average of that's about 10-mile pace. So what we can fit, what we can calculate within these plans is if, if I tell you to go out and run a 30-minute run, that's an easy run, we can average that 10-mile pace and tell you that's going to be about three miles. So, you know, it's, it's probably within about a tenth of a mile or so, but it gives people sort of that that feeling of, you know, if I'm going to plan my Sunday and I'm going to do a long run that says 120 minutes, I know about how many miles I'll run, and that for some reason that just makes people feel good. So I just want to put that out there that there's there's a time for both, and there are ways to sort of estimate both. If I were to use a rule of thumb, I would go by time. Yeah. So I jotted down a few notes, and, and as we kind of wrap this up, Dan, unless you had something else to add, I, I think you kind of focused on a few key themes that kind of the individualized and specialized. And would you kind of summarize the benefit, from, again, from your philosophy on time versus mileage-based? You touched on key, you know, a few key themes there. Yep. So I, I think uh, the main theme is uh, keep within your prescribed pace for whatever workout you're doing. Don't go too fast, too slow. Um, make sure that it's appropriate for you and, and not just something that uh, a, a much better or, or even much less um, experienced runner would do. And then uh, just keep it simple. Yep. Very good. I'm always impressed by your knowledge, Dan. So <laughs> it seems <laughs> like I learn something every time that we, we talk about this stuff. So um, thanks for sharing that with our listeners. And I, I do think you did post that on the runfit365.com website under blogs, I believe. Yep. Um, so, so maybe we can resurface that, bring it closer to the top so people can find that. Um, it, it's a great read. Um, I, I think now, since you did such a great job on episode two with Random Runner's World, I, I think we're just going to put you to the <laughs> test again today. Um, because it was amazing to me how much good feedback we got on that segment because of how well you responded to that. So Uh, don't, don't build me up there. (laughs) I think you set a bar pretty high and I told Alyssa that she set the bar pretty low on the first one. (laughs) So so I don't think she'll ever be back on a run fit 365 podcast. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) I've got some damage control to do. Um, I bet you do. So I'm going to pull out, um, let me grab this. So this is um, a runner's world from February 2012. And um, this is an article, or it looks like the main theme of this one was get motivated now, fully fit. And it's got, um, you know, some total body workouts. So I'm just going to flip to a page in here. Um, and let's see what we get. 
well, that's that's an ad page, so we're not going to focus on the ads. <laughs> um, so let me see. Okay, this is on page 35. It's under the mind and body section. And I'm not going to really try to read through the article, but um, the, the main kind of heading here is called the buddy. It's called buddy system. Um, okay. And the subheading here is pick the best running partner to help you get faster. So mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming that this article is, um, you know, about training partners and um, kind of the benefits of having a buddy, buddy system and a, mm-hmm. and a good solid training partner. Um so what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So, um, having a running buddy can have its benefits. It can also have its drawbacks. I think if I heard you correctly, um, it's having the right person to run with. I personally, and, and it's also has to do with preference. I mean, I personally like to run by myself. Oh. Um, but if I were to pick the right running buddy here, here's what I would think would be the best so well, well now i won't take anything personally because you know, every time i ask you to run it's like no i've got something going on so. that, that is exactly exactly the reason so that clears up a lot i'm glad that's out yeah. so well i mean that you're absolutely right though i mean you have to pick somebody now there's i guess there's a couple scenarios so um if you're talking about an everyday run i'm going on a long run the last thing you want to do is is Dan doesn't want to run with Travis because your long run, it's one or two things are going to happen. Either I'm going to run too fast, you're going to run too slow, and probably what's going to happen is we're both going to do that. I mean, we're, we're both going to run um, outside the right zone for us. And so, you know, if it's just a regular run, an easy run or, or whatever, make sure that the athlete that you are dealing with or, or running with is – matched up with you. That's probably the, the main thing. Yeah. Um, however, you know, I, I can think of other reasons why you might want to have a, a person that's not matched up. So for example, uh, last year I went to the YMCA and I joined a triathlon club. Um, and very unlike me, I'm, I'm very much a trained by myself guy, but, uh, my swimming was, was not great. And I heard that this club, you know, they swam twice a week and had really good instructors. And I thought, well, I'll do it. Well, I got kind of, I mean, it was kind of fun to go out on rides with these guys and, and gals and runs with these guys and gals. And, um, what I found myself doing is working really hard. Um, cause you know, you don't want to look like the guy that's, that's not, <laughs> keeping up with everybody else that's another reason i won't run with you um and i remember this one day um they were gonna do i don't know i th- i think it was just a i don't know a 40 minute run or something like that it was just me and one other person and the coaches weren't gonna go so it's just me and her it was this this young young lady uh, in much better shape than i was and um <laughs> she goes okay let's go and what she, what she didn't know, hope she's not listening because how embarrassing would this be? I was probably running at a tempo pace for the entire time, 35, 40 minutes. You should not do that. Yeah. And it what it what it really reminded me of is um, when let's say it was supposed to be a tempo and we both did 20 minutes, and she she pushed me harder than I would have pushed myself. There's times where that's helpful. Um, but that's also an example, um, where I was going too hard because I was trying to keep up with somebody and, and I wanted to, um, 
you know, didn't want to slow her down, especially since it was a girl. I didn't want to yeah. <laughs> look like I was a wimp and all that stuff. So um, I, I think with running buddies, you just got to be careful, choose the right running buddy for the right time and, uh, and make sure you're running smart. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I've noticed, um, we've got a pretty active neighborhood here and yeah. one of the biggest things for me, you know, with, with kind of the, the family and work life balance thing, one thing I've noticed with, you know, training buddies is, just having someone or knowing someone's going to be outside your door kind of waiting for you. Um, And we've got a nice group here that just kind of meets and we all know that we may be doing a different kind of workout that morning, or um, we know we have different pace ranges and we've all kind of accepted that. And just having that kind of, you know, environment or atmosphere where that's okay. And it's almost more of a, it's almost more of an accountability system than almost that kind of peer to peer training partner. So I still think there's, there's kind of benefit in, you know, maybe having a training buddy that, you know, you can have some kind of rules of engagement with that says, you know, we're going to at least meet here and, you know, our workouts may be a little bit different, but there's still value, or at least, you know, I find value in having someone that's at least holding you accountable. So, um, you at least roll out of bed. W- would you agree with that? Oh, there's no doubt. Accountability is the number one reason to have a training partner. And that, that j- just bigger than running, it's, you know, five o'clock in the morning cycling class. Yeah. I guarantee if nobody's waiting on me, I'm not getting that. But, um, if there's somebody that I know is going to, going to be there, I'll be there. And by God, they better be there too. Cause the whole idea is, you know, making each other accountable. So I totally agree with that. There's, there's no doubt that's important. Awesome. Well, you just rocked the the random runners world again, and uh, I, I guess I'll see you in the morning at five then, so we can log some some mileage. <laughs> Is that how this works? You know, my yeah, buddy, right? you go right ahead, get up, and uh, you just see if I'm out there. <laughs> right. Perfect. Very good. Um, well, well done, Dan. That that was great. I, I don't even know what. Uh, let me see if I can scan through here if there's any. Um, oh, so their subheadings to this article, it, it's uh, pick wisely, and I'm just assuming that it's probably some of the same points that you were talking about in, in regards to making sure that you're balanced. Uh, make pace a priority. Avoid quote-unquote yeah. friendly competitions. Um, and then compartmentalize. So I think you hit most of those. But I can see, um, you know, like you were talking about with your friend at the triathlon group, just that friendly competition, you know, runners by nature are, you know, I think very competitive and um, it's easy to turn an easy run into uh, a tempo or a race pace effort before you know it. Um, Yeah. It's happened to all of us, you know. Um, Yeah. What you don't want to do is just do that all the time. That's you go wrong and you got to develop all your systems and if you're running hard all the time you're you're not going to get what you need um to, to develop all your systems awesome well um dan i think that's going to bring us to a wrap on random runners world and i just wanted to say thanks again for um the great segment on time versus mileage and again just looking through um 
this random runner's world, how we can find content and talk essentially about anything there, um, especially the buddy system. I'm glad we landed there. That was a great discussion. Um, I want to invite anyone listening, if you're interested in being a, you know, on a RunFit365 podcast, check us out at runfit365.com or drop us an email at support at runfit365. Um, and Dan, any closing remarks? No, I don't think so. Just go out there and make smart decisions. That's the best thing you can do. Yeah. You're the man. Learn something <laughs> from you every time. Um, until next time, happy training.